Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome, everybody, to our Global Conversation in Plain Sight show on Easter Sunday. We've let all of our guests off, obviously, to be with their families. So we're pre-taping this show with two of my favorite colleagues, Todd Wood and Kurt Brackham. And today we're going to talk, we're going to do a whip around the world. But to start off, we want to explain, you know, why we are so into the news and into getting the facts out there and our publishing joint venture with Kurt, CD Media and Kurt's company, Hysteria, has uh, a new imprintor. Is that how we say it, Kurt? An imprintor? New imprint. 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 Okay. Uh, Vindicta, mm -hmm. meaning liberty. So welcome to the show, gentlemen. And let's let's talk about how this all came about, because I'm really honored to be part of this joint venture. And I think it's great for our company. And it's great for, for you. Kurt, tell us the history of history. Well, history of books um, started out in, in 2017, actually, by acquiring some some um, older imprints that were out there. Uh, but since 2017, History of Books has been active, uh, publishing roughly 50 to 60 books a year in a variety of different domains, be it fiction, nonfiction, trade, academic titles, and that. And then um, once we had, had gotten to, to know Todd and, and everything, we had um, come up with an idea for a, a joint venture to publish books under a new imprint that would be uh, a venture between CD Media and History of Books. Uh, on books on, on politics, current affairs, international affairs, uh, things like that. So we're excited to have announced the launch of that imprint, which uh, the first books will be coming out this fall. Um, and we see a lot of a lot of potential for it. And then the, by combining the, the two companies, um, you know, with, with CD Media, with its with its you know base of um, audience and, and everything to get the get the word out and and history of books with its ability to you know to publish good quality books um, and distribute them worldwide so we're, we're very excited about the the opportunities and, and what presents itself going forward 
So, Todd, I have to ask you, mm-hmm. what, because you have published before. Mm-hmm. And so when you decided to, to, you know, get us into this with Kurt, which I think is a great joint venture, let's talk about why you decided to do this now. Oh, it's a really good fit. I, you know, it's two tracks here. One, uh, I had written a bunch of novels and some nonfiction uh, stuff uh, and published it through our own boutique publishing company. But I realized that, uh, you know, that takes a lot of effort and in, in infrastructure. And I was torn in different ways. So I, I kind of let that go. So I had that experience. Uh, but I, at the time when putting my books, they were picked up by a large publishing house in New York. I won't mention the name, uh, but, and they did absolutely nothing with the books. And I realized that, uh, you know, it's kind of a racket and, and, and it's really up to the author to make sure that, that things happen for his own book. So to, so that was a learning experience. And, and, uh, and, and also I think there was some censorship there. So that rolls into all this, but also CD media, you know, we started in Eastern Europe uh, in 2015 with Sarism, which is our first site. And that grew into a global media company. So we were early in, in Ukraine and, and others in 2019. And Kurt understands all of that. And he's also the editor in chief of the Balkan press, which is our Balkan paper, which we're very proud of and is becoming quite influential uh, in that space already, uh, thanks to Kurt's hard work. So that um, those two ventures kind of joined together. And then, uh, you know, Kurt and I connected. And and so Vindicta was born. And, and it's really a way to get stories out there that, frankly, people aren't going to know about. You know, I started Zarism when I was writing for the Washington Times because I realized Americans know nothing about that region of the world. I mean, absolutely nothing. And so that that was... Um, the same with the stories that are coming out of the regions of the world and, and domestically. And I know there, you know, there's Skyhorse and some others that are that are doing this. But I think with our depth of contacts globally that others just don't have, that we can bring uh, history and politics with vindictive publishing uh, to a new level. So I'm really excited about it because it it fills a need. And 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 frankly, readers are going to get something they're just not going to get anywhere else. So let's talk about Kurt. The, the type of books that we're going to, the topics that are going to be coming out, and the authors that will be coming out late fall and early 2024. Okay. Well, in the fall, we have, of course, Todd's book will be coming out. Uh, the first one to launch the new imprint, paying the price on the Iranian resistance movement. Um, then we have a book by Daniel Patrick O'Shea called "Into the Lion's Den," which is about the the uh, hostage operation from the operate out of the U.S. embassy. You know, during the Iraq War, and then we have a, a very interesting book by Evi Kokolari about the about the, uh, the dissidents in, in communist Albania, um, which uh, will be a you know a chilling story, I think, for Americans to sort of realize what um, what that type of of society can can lead to. Uh, so maybe yeah. a wake up call for people. And all of these are must reads. I mean, and really, literally, I mean, and, and nobody's going to know these stories and they're very, very timeful and impactful and uh, just uh, powerful. I mean, Evie's book's going to be amazing. I mean, this woman was tortured by the communists, had her hair pulled out. I mean, you know, just and eventually was ostracized and died alone. So, th- yeah, Kurt's right. This is a wake up story for Americans. So and what about 2024? In 2024, we have uh, some titles by Christine Dolan coming out. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's part of it. So maybe you can talk about those more directly yourself. Uh, 
uh, on that. And then we have a um, we have a number of other ones that are coming out too. A, a very interesting book on on Anastasia Romanoff is one of those, and another one on a, a famous gangster named Louis the Coin. There's 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 quite a bit uh, in the works right now. Yes, and so mine has to do with it, it's a it's a, another edition of uh, Shattered Innocence, which was my first uh, human trafficking investigation going back to two thousand. Uh, with updates and in the name of God, which is about the Catholic Church and updates, which I did 20 years ago with additional information that's that has recently been released uh, in the United States, but also in other dioceses around the world. And then also we're going to be having a victims, <laughs> COVID victims stories, which puts a light on the reality that a lot of the people who have been injured from the COVID shots, I'm not going to call them vaccinations anymore. Um, that is a reality check and they're not getting any better since Todd and I first began interviewing them and putting them on camera in 2021. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that, that this is going to be, a, and it's a good, a lot of it involves the whole concept of medical trafficking, commodifying human beings. So before we move on, there's this one, segment to this. This is a whole ecosystem, Kurt, in our building, because we have the Manhattan.press, which is our New York paper, and we have the Manhattan.press bestsellers list, which we all know the New York Times list is compromised and censored. And, um, uh, you know, the Alex Jones book that came out was a famous example of that, where it just didn't make the rankings that it should have and based on sales. And so the, the Manhattan bestseller list is not censored at all. And so we're proud of that. And uh, it's going to be, uh, well, it is now. You can go there, look in the top menu and see all the lists in the different categories. And we have book reviews. And so we really want to make the Manhattan a cultural icon in New York City. Sorry. And, and, no, don't be sorry about that. And also, you know, I'm doing interviews with authors. Uh, and, and we're going to gin that up even more as this time goes on. But it is, it's, it's a, it's a platform for any authors who have not been published before, who have a unique story to, to come mm -hmm. to us and let them know. And, and I invite the audience to, to contact CD Media uh, and let us know if, you've got, if you have a story that needs to be told, we will take a look at it and we'll help you as you go along. So now I want to turn to what's happening in the world. Okay, so it's Easter Sunday. And what is... Frankly, I mean, it, it's it's just the world's in a, in a in a mess, guys. So let's start with, and Todd, you've been in Ukraine and Russia uh, for a number of years. You've covered the Ukraine-Russia uh, <clears throat> conflict since 2014. The news coming out of Ukraine and Russia now. Where are we in terms of give give us a gaslight into what's happening? Well, the recent uh, release of the uh uh, classified uh, war plan documents, for less, lack, of, lack of a better term. I think there were actually a briefing in March to the joint staff um, showed that they've been lying, similar to what happened in Vietnam, the Pentagon Papers, where they were saying we're winning the war, but in reality, um, they weren't. So the same thing's happening in Ukraine. The casualties on the Ukrainian side seem to be much higher than the Russians. Uh, there was a full-blown uh, outline of all the American troop involvement that is coming. And so they want to turn this into an American-NATO conflict against Russia. Why they want to do that, because, you know, there's a lot of guesses uh, at this point. 
but they're doing it because we've seen the documents and they in the Pentagon has admitted they're real. So you have a stalemate in uh, in Donbass along the Ford line of troops where in Bakhmut, Russia seems to be making uh, making, uh, you know, taking territory and may close that city pretty soon. Uh, and so then you're going to see some type of spring offensive by the Ukrainians, obviously supported by the West. And so that's where we are. It's very dangerous. And, um, you know, I'm still hopeful that Congress can do something by cutting off the funding or uh, at least starting impeachment proceedings against Biden or something, because this has to stop because it's escalating. Uh, In China, we have Taiwan that is uh, about to, in the Pacific, we have China about to take Taiwan or preparing for that. So that's extremely dangerous. I believe the Ukrainian conflict was to expend our weapons stores and to make us weaker in the face of that conflict. I think Biden is helping doing that uh, as a Manchurian candidate. Uh, we have the collapse of the dollar. There's a reserve currency with India, China, uh, Russia all getting involved to drop that boom on the U.S., which will weaken us economically. So uh, Biden has done a lot of uh, it's not Biden. It's whoever is driving this behind him has done a lot of very serious damage to the United States. And we're at a point where either Congress acts and cuts off the funding and stops it or we collapse. So that's my thoughts. Sad picture. Let's talk about the effect of all of that on the Balkans, Kurt. Because, I mean, between Serbia, Bulgaria, you know, there there are the satellite countries that will get dragged into this one way or the other. Well, the Balkans is going through a process of colonization. I mean, and it has been since, well, the collapse of the Soviet Union obviously ended one period of colonization. It's going through another one right now. And you're seeing immense pressure put on Serbia, for example, uh, to comply with with Western demands to put sanctions on Russia, uh, to accept the, the plan for Kosovo, which has basically been dictated by the French and Germans. Um, Serbia's had really no input whatsoever into that. So these are, you know, it's very tense times in the Balkans right now and um, throughout Europe, really, because we're seeing mass protests all over, all over Europe. I mean, Germany's had a large number of protests against the war, but in France, it's really, it's really uh, reaching a peak there where uh, you're seeing just mass protests against the government and which is being reported on wrongly here in the United States because it's just being reported as this is all about it, the pension reform and raising the age from 62 to 64. And you literally have commentators on the, on the news media, you know, on all sides, you know, Fox News, CNN doesn't matter. And they're just, you know, basically just laughing at the French saying, oh, they just don't want to work, you know, and, and that's not what that's about at all over there. It's really a much more complex protest. It's really about uh, a protest against globalism. It's a protest against against the war in Ukraine. Um, there's a lot of, of movement in France to take France out of NATO, um, you know, to go back to the, the old Gaullist policies in France. And, and that's what's really driving that whole movement over there. It's the, uh, the issue of the, the pension reform is really just a spark that ignited, you know, all, the, all these other things that, that have happened. It's, it's, it's not the, the key to the whole thing is not the pension reform. And also we have we have Macron in, in China now. So when he comes back, he's going to be greeted by people in the streets who literally took over uh, BlackRock, not on the outside and the sidewalk, but on the inside of their building uh, in Paris. So, I mean, this this is serious. And we and we also know that Erdogan in Turkey has basically come out and also said 
uh, to his compatriot in Iran, uh, Razi, that uh, we need to gather the Muslim world against Israel. So what, what, Todd, let's talk about that in terms of what's going on in Israel with uh, our paper. Uh, Zionism.com, T-S-I-O-N-I-Z-M.com is uh, our paper in Israel. It's uh, turned into uh, kind of a cultural uh, outlet, if you will. We have a lot of art. We have a lot of events. We have a lot of cooking and other things that you may not get in any other uh, publication that will focus on that region of the world, uh, along with breaking news. So if you're interested in, in that, but it also has a... Uh, I would say a based uh, view of what's happening in Israel or a, uh, a non-globalist view that you won't get anywhere else. So we're proud of that. Um, Israel is funny because they were very, you know, Netanyahu is, they're trying to take him out of power now because, uh, you know, he was pro-Trump and et cetera, but he was also very pro-vaccine. And I still haven't decided what his agenda was for that. Was he fooled like Trump? I mean, that's quite possible. Uh, you know, Bennett was the one who took it even further and, you know, had gave awards to uh, Borla, who owns Pfizer. And as you know, I forget the name of it. It's like a, you know, their peace prize or whatever, which I find fascinating. And these people are vaxxed like, you know, most, more than anyone else in the world. And frankly, I think they used them as a clinical trial uh, with, without informed consent, which they are doing on the rest of us. But Israel was very good for them because they everybody got like five shots or whatever so it's uh they're going to see the consequences of that and so and i'm waiting for netanyahu to come out and admit what happened to the vaccine so i i, I don't know what's going on in israel you could make the case that someone wants to really damage the country and that's why they push this on them so we also, we also know that the minister of health has come out and, and denied that they have any of the documentation that people have asked for for the Pfizer contract. We know that uh, mm -hmm. Pfizer had the <clears throat> had the market mm -hmm. exclusively in Israel. We know that Palestinians uh, that Pfizer gained the, the market for the Pal Palestine through USAID. So mm -hmm. we know and we know that the contracts between Pfizer and Moderna uh, were in fact done through the Department of Defense through our reporting with Sasha Latapova, mm -hmm. who has taken a deep dive on the DOD contracts. And every time she takes a deep dive, she surfaces with more information to validate her argument. And it's hard to deny that DOD doesn't have anything to do with this in terms of a bioweapons response. It's, it's extraordinary reporting that we have you know, gain access to with people who are real experts. And for that, we're all definitely grateful. What do you guys uh, think about the fact that south of the equator, mm -hmm. sub-Saharan Africa, uh, and, and most of South America are not going along with what U.S. and NATO are doing vis-a-vis -vis Russia? Who wants to take that because they, they, they are not for it any more than, you know, Africa. Uh, there are many African leaders right. who are against the WHO taking over their sovereignty for their health policies. Well, I think you're seeing two things. And one is you're seeing the influence of the growing influence of China in those areas. I mean, the whole election in Brazil, you know, was huge for putting, you know, Chinese influence in, in, in South America as well. And, and certainly in Africa, we, we know what's going on there with uh China basically buying influence throughout the continent. So that's part of it. 
and the other part is is the U.S. is you know is losing its its leadership role in the world. I mean, it's a reality is that we are at present in a period of decline, and whether we can stop that and turn that around or not is is a, is a different issue. But but we're we're not the you know the world leader that we used to be. You know, I I take great solace in the fact that I decided almost 25 years ago to focus a lot of my reporting on the protection of children uh, and from an institutional side, from a human trafficking side. And then we have the what is just surfaced, like bubbling like a, a volcano, transgenderism. <clears throat> June 18, 2022, President Biden signed off through an executive order that all of the U.S. federal government, not just State Department, but the U.S. federal government was going to throw its weight behind transgenderism. Now, having gone to Africa for decades, knowing about female genital mutilation, everybody I know on the left, everybody I know on the right, 35, 40 years ago was totally against that. And now we're seeing the mutilation of children being decriminalized basically with the, with the uh, sex, with the transition surgical clinics somewhere between 300 and 400 here in the United States in the last 15 years. And um, what do you guys think in terms of, you know, US foreign policy pushing that out to all these foreign countries, because that's what they're doing through State Department and USAID. Back when Obama was president, Obama appointed um, Czar to the State Department for LGBT. By the time that position was filled during the Obama administration, it was LGBTI. I did not know at the time what I stood for. I had to literally ask somebody and look it up. Now, we know that there's a lot of pronouns out there for sexual orientation, more so than those letters. But now when Biden has come in as president, he has pushed out LGBTIQ+. So we don't know what the plus defines, but my fear is that Western civilization through the Biden administration is pushing this out overseas. And this is not the norm for other countries. I mean, I, I know that there is a lot of transgender surgeries, for instance, and I didn't know this until recently, in Tehran, in Iran. Uh, but it seems to me this is a slippery slope for the United States to be pushing overseas. And I just, I wonder when, it, when people are going to wake up and say, you know, no, we're not going to mutilate our children. Any well, thoughts? Well, you know, Kurt, uh, deals with the Balkans, but in, in Albania specifically, you know, in other countries, there's massive influence by the State Department in the local governments. And that has been, uh, you know, Yuri Kim in, in Albania is uh, completely violating diplomatic norms by supporting the socialist regime of Edi Rama, which is essentially the Soros regime and that whole agenda. So that is happening uh, around the world through the State Department. The State Department's become a, uh, a a vehicle to promote all this garbage worldwide. You know, there was, I heard something, I forget where it was recently, on the tenets of the Franklin School uh, on how to destroy Western societies. And you go down the list, you know, the family, the church, push sexuality on the children, confuse them, you know, destroy uh, the borders, uh, destroy the identity of the country, the immigration, 
I mean, you go down the list, everything is is happening. So this has been planned for a long time and it's fascinating time to live, but um, it's a, the challenge is to wake enough people up and to get people to band together to fight it because that's the only way forward at the local level. Right, and, and part of it is is the U.S. has lost its its position of um, under understanding other cultures and respecting other cultures. Basically, we're we have a policy now where we're going into other countries and trying to impose our culture on them, mm-hmm. which, is, which is totally wrong. And and you're seeing that play out. You know, even Todd mentioned Albania, but you're seeing it play out in in Bosnia, for example. Mm-hmm. Same things going on there. Um, Republika Srpska just recently announced they're going to be passing some some laws to protect children, uh, you know, from from indoctrination and things like that. And immediately the U.S. ambassador there jumped all over it, compared him to Putin, um, you know, the the president of Republika Srpska, and just um, you know, they're they're taking really a, a very harsh stance against it. When really cultural matters like this should be left to each country to decide for themselves what's what's right for their culture and their country, not not to impose our standards on them. Todd, let's talk about some of our American conversation town halls that are coming up. We Mm -hmm. have one scheduled this month, uh, April 20th in Chicago, which addresses United Airlines policy and also the airlines policy overall generically. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be having some people on there. Um, you want to talk about, you know, how we're going to handle that? Because we'd like people to show yeah. up and buy into the, the the feed that's going to come out. And we're going to have some ground, just so the audience understands, we're going to have some groundbreaking information about the, uh, the 2007 first DOD directive to create a U.S. global response to a pandemic preparedness plan. And the man who was tasked to do that by the Secretary of Defense during uh, Baby Bush's administration is going to be on the panel, as well as a man who in fact was involved with fighting the anthrax for the military back in the 1990s. And then when it was recalled in 2000, I think it's 2003 or four for the US military. So we have been doing events around the country. The last one we just did in Colorado Springs, where you can still get the live stream on armforces.press under the events tab or at cdm.press under the events tab, was very impactful uh, with the fight against or the attack on our military and our children. And this next event in Chicago on April 20th, will, which is also under the events tabs on cdm.press, will really uh, wake up people up to the issue of are the sky safe because we're having pilots and air crew members uh, having heart attacks you're having the fda fully or uh, not fda faa fully complicit in allowing sick and injured pilots to fly and uh so we're going to bring that to the forefront like no one else has and then we in in uh late may may 21st i believe yes is uh our event in greenwich connecticut where we're going to once again, attack CRT, the gender ideology, and SEL, and all of the attacks on the children for local Connecticut parents to understand what's happening. So really two big powerful events. The one we did in Westport in November really woke up the community and uh, had an impact. And so we expect these to do the same. You can get the live stream. If you can't make the Chicago or Connecticut events, get the live stream, have an event, have people over at your house, cook some burgers on the grill and find out about uh, CRT and vaxxed pilots. And, it, and it's going to be, it's going to take the 40 
thousand foot picture down to the kitchen table so people can figure out how it impacts them and and who's driving this policy because it is being driven by money mm -hmm. and it's being driven by people who have a different view of how a family should exist in the western and, you, and christine your format is very i always get people uh come up afterwards or emails or comments on the page you know the the web pages about wow i didn't know what i didn't know what a great event uh, the format was amazing. You got to spread this around to people. So that's been the, I, I know these events are going to be just as, as powerful. So you don't know what you don't know. So find out. Well, I, I will share with the audience just in the last 24 hours. Todd knows this. Kurt, I didn't have a chance to share this with you, but I received last night some information and it was from a flight attendant in training for United Airlines. And the we're not just looking at United Airlines, who has 29 international hubs overseas and who takes cargo all over the world and has shipped vaxes from the U.S. overseas and taken, you know, migrants here in the United States and flown them around or gotten a contract for what kind of air should we have after COVID. But I, I got this information last night and this was a flight attendant in training. So when the flight attendants go to another city, they, they you know, they have roommates in the in the hotel rooms because they just assigned them. So they the CEO, Scott Kirby, has not only been boasting about the fact that he has all these mandated uh, vaccinations for his, you know, tens of thousands of employees in the United States and not overseas, I, I might note, but they, he's embraced DEI. And so this, you know, inclusion everybody you know is the same they bunked a straight female attendant in a hotel room with a guy dressed in drag okay i shouldn't say dressed in drag he dressed as a female flight attendant he hasn't gone through the full surgery he shared with this woman that he was still attracted to women and he had you know, some issues. And she was so scared being assigned to sleep in the same hotel room with this guy. She went to the people at United and said, you know, I'm not buying into this. This is too scary for me as a woman. And they basically told her, you may not fit for the job. So we're going to hear about this in Chicago, because when people talk about the DEI and including everybody and doing this kind of, you know, corporate policy, it really does have an effect on people's lives as employees because we're talking about coercive corporate policies. And as I've said this before, what, what we're looking at are case studies for business school in motion with what is going on right now. It will eventually collapse, but that's part of what we're doing with American Conversations in terms of our presentation so that people understand these are not going to work. They're going to take it as far as they possibly can. At the end of the day, it'll end up in litigation. But at the end of the day, it will probably collapse. But people are going to be hurt in the meantime, just like they were with the COVID mandates, for the masks, for the shots, for their jobs, etc. It's going to, it's going to, it, you know, I, I hope that people tune in because we need to, we need to ratchet up and pivot the conversation so people understand this is not acceptable in Western civilization. This is this is what happens in third world banana republics. Everybody think it's fine to get on an airplane, but you don't know what you don't know. So get the live stream and check it out.
That's right. And we also reported a couple of weeks ago that there was a flight on United that went from Guatemala to Chicago. It was diverted to Houston. The airport spokesperson told the Houston television station that they diverted it because, in fact, it was a technical. And then we were able, through our sources, not related to the plaintiffs, but uh, in the case that we're focusing on now, but we were able to gather information, documentation that, in fact, said that the pilot on the left side of the plane had chest pains and could not be they couldn't remove him from the from his seat. So the guy on the right side, who, thank God, was not a trainee, <laughs> was able to land the plane. Wow. And that's just a gift from God and a God wink. But it's it should be a wake-up call to everybody because what if that person had been a trainee? Because on the right side of the – I was told by sources. Well, I mean, that's a co they have co-pilots. I mean, co-pilots are fully qualified. It's just – I don't think they would ever have a trainee in the, in the maybe in the jump seat, but not the, not the other seat. But, but if, anyway, but if it, situation, yeah. Yeah. But if, if you can't control the left side of the tiller on, on the left side of the plane, which they couldn't in that particular case is what the, the pilots told me that guy had, to, that guy needed to be better than just, you know, a trainee. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's people need to wake up. This is a public policy issue now. And that's the only way that we're going to get out of this mess. Kurt, you want to add anything? No, I think I think it's it's been a great conversation and uh, pleasure to be with you both. Todd, anything? Uh, well, CDM.press is growing. Uh, we're opening a paper in Colorado, the Colorado Free Press. We have a team on the ground that's raring to go. They keep asking me, when's it going to be ready? I said, come on, guys. We've got a lot of irons in the fire, but it, we were looking at a May 15th launch. So um, that's exciting. Uh, more coming for CDM. Uh, we've got some rebranding coming down the pike. And uh, there's so much opportunity. We are just, you know, trying to focus our resources on the best, most profitable areas. But you're going to see a lot of changes and the network is going to grow rapidly. And we also have uh, Easton Gazette mm -hmm. uh, that is going to take over not only the state of Maryland, but also the Delmarva Peninsula, which includes Delaware coming very, very soon. And we also, uh, just just for people that want to know more about the publishing operation, they can go to historyofbooks.com. Um, yeah. Where, that's where all the books are as well. And, and they can pre-order all the, the Vindicta books there, right, Kurt? All the books that are coming out this fall are available for, available for pre-order already mm -hmm. uh, on all major sites, but you uh, can get them directly from, from the publisher at historyofbooks.com. Which um, and also um, just to mention our new um, Balkan conversations podcast right. that we right. just started. So something else on the Balkan Press that you you're going to be seeing a lot of video. And I mean, we're known for interesting, unique. You know, not just rant. We don't get bloggers on to just rant about you know the latest cultural or gun issues or whatever. I mean, we we have interesting content you literally won't get anywhere else. So make CDM.press your scan. Check out what areas or what states or what sectors you're interested in and, and make, make that part of your scan. You can go to the top menu, see all our different papers and websites. Thank Ty, you. Why don't you, why don't you go through all of our, uh, all of our uh, websites for our global network so people understand. Where so CDM.press is the main site uh, and that will 
um, and that everything feeds into that. Uh, we have the Balkan.press that Kurt runs, the Balkan region of the world, czarism.com, which is our Eastern European slides into the Middle East some, and zionism.com, which is our Israeli site, cdmespanol.com uh, for our Spanish audience. Uh, we have four papers in the U.S., uh, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Miami Independent, Georgia Record, and the Manhattan.press. And we have armedforces.press, which is our, which is really one of our fastest growing sites because the woke military press is so woke that people are just so thirsty and for something that is not what they normally hear and is the truth. And the same with the Balkans because it's all the Balkan press is very globalized. Uh, I may be missing some. We have the Eastern um, Eastern Gazette. Gazette. We're talking. To some, we're talking to and, some mates in Australia as well. In Colorado Free Press, we may be opening a UK site. I'm trying to get in touch with the guys over there now. There's so much going on in the UK. So uh, a lot happening, but uh, we're growing rapidly. And CDTV is coming. We're looking at CDM business. So there, there's a lot coming. So thank you, guys. Happy Easter. Blessed Easter to everybody else around the world. And we will be back next week. Happy Easter, bro. Thank you. Thank you.